Welcome to Passion Life Church. Merry Christmas to you from our family to yours, and we're just believing for great things and this uh, end of the year and, and New Year's and... Uh, I don't know about you, I just, I love this time of year. I love it. I mean, actually, even at the end of November, I start having my Christmas pray playlist. I put it together. I put it on. And honestly, from then till now, everything that we do, it's like, let's put on the Christmas music. And I'm in the car. Come on, put on the Christmas music. I don't know if, if you're like me, but, but, but I love that. And I, I, I think... Uh, I just love this time. I'm still trying to understand some things about Christmas. Um, people send me Christmas cards, which is awesome. Awesome. I, I think it's awesome. But I don't understand. They send me a picture of themselves. And here's what it says. It says, I'm thinking of you. So I'm, I'm understanding that because they're thinking of me, but then they send me a picture of themselves. And I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to understand that because we don't do that for birthdays. We don't do that. Hey, happy birthday to you. Here's a picture of me. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to understand that. I'm like, listen, if you're thinking of me, great. But send me a card, like a $5 gift card to Starbucks or something. You know what? I, and they're like, you know, pictures of their kids and their pets. They're thinking of me. Why do you think I want to see a picture of Muffin? But I will tell you, some of you are like, I'm not going to get that pastor at Christmas. I love Christmas. I'm just trying to understand. How many of you know what I'm, and I get these from my family. Like, hey, here's our family. Well, thanks. We were thinking of you. Okay. I just, you know, can you imagine? I'm saying, hey, man. Hey, John, how are you? I was thinking of you, but here's my picture. It just, I'm under, trying to understand that whole concept. You know, one of the other things I'm trying to understand about Christmas is some of the Christmas carols, if we're going to be honest, Let's just be honest. Some of us didn't know any of those words this morning. And you're like, how many of you would be honest like me? You were humming a little bit. You were just like, <laughs> and then, you know, the chorus comes. But when you really listen to the Christmas carols, I mean, some of them have the funniest words. I, I just think they're, 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 they're crazy. Like, round yon virgin. What is a yawn? And I looked it up on Google. It's spelled Y-O-N. Round young virgin. And it gets even stranger. What about that song, Do You Hear What I Hear? That's actually a little boy talking to a lamb. <laughs> I think he needs counseling. <laughs> right? Do you hear what? We've we seen this, right? I, I think somebody needs therapy, right? And then there's one verse that says this. Listen to this. You've heard it. A child, a child, shivering in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. How about a blanket? <laughs> Some soup. I mean, he's got pneumonia, but he, you know, he's got a lot of money now, though, too. I mean, we, we, you know, we, and it's, I just think it's, it, it, it's funny. Or we sing, you know, Silent Night, and I, I love these. I, I love these songs. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love Silent Night, you know, Oh, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright, Round Yon Virgin, Mother and Child, Holy Infant, So Tender and Mild, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, Sleep in Heavenly Peace. But you know what? 
I think if we were to ask the people that were involved in this nativity scene, they would say it wasn't a silent night. They wouldn't say that all was calm. They would say that there was noise because he was born in this cave where they kept the animals. And it was really, if, if you really look into it, it was really a night filled with toil. It was a night that was tough. It was a night that was really hard. And I, I think it's funny because we look and a lot of us even have Christmas, you know, nativities that we look at. and Everything looks so perfect. The light is so right. But my church family, it was not like that. It was not like that. And I asked myself, I said, you know, why would God send his son into such turmoil? Why is it that it wasn't calm? And you know why I believe that he did that? In Hebrews, it tells us that we have a God who was tempted in every way. In other words, he, was empath he empathizes with us. He came into that world because he knew that you and I would live in a world like that. And that he would go through that. So that would qualify him to be your best friend. I hear people say, well, God doesn't, un God understands. He put on flesh. He came. He felt. The Bible says he cried when he was, he was in touch with our humanness. But the question is, is how do we get to that silent night? How do we get to that in our lives in a chaotic world? How do we get to all is calm? How do we get to sleeping in heavenly peace? And this morning, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about peace today. You know, as I prayed when we were in our last series, Just Like Jesus, I'm always a little bit ahead because, you know, the New Year's come, things are happening, and Christmas is coming, and I just said, God, what do you want to convey to your people? And I felt like he just wanted us to talk about hope. We talked about a thrill of hope last week. Many people were just really encouraged. We talked about raising your expectations. And I just felt like we needed to talk about peace. And I called it peace on earth, peace on earth, because, you know, that's really when we get a Christmas card or it's on our Christmas card, peace on earth. So what I do is when I study, I do word studies. I have a Bible program. I type in. I knew if I typed in peace that tons of words would come and, and tons of scriptures. But I typed in peace on earth. And you might be surprised to find that this phrase peace on earth actually is only said once in the Bible. Let, let me give you the context. Jesus is talking, and it's Luke chapter 12, verse 51, and Jesus says this, do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? No, not peace on earth, but division. What does that mean? If you read the context of that, Jesus is saying, and many of you have experienced this, because Jesus was saying, because of your commitment to me, you need to understand it may divide friendships. It may divide family members. I know for us, my commitment to Christ, people don't agree with it. People don't like that I'm a believer. And when you go on to there and you read, he talks about mother and, and, and sons coming against each other. Why? Because of Jesus. And he says, you need to understand that your faith and your commitment to me may cause division. And not that God doesn't love people, not that you don't love them, but a lot of times that's their response. How many of you know what I'm talking about this morning? You understand that. And so Jesus, we need to understand something when we talk about peace on earth. Jesus is letting us know you are not gonna find true peace 
from the things on this earth. And if you're looking for peace on the earth from earthly things, you're never going to find it. Never going to find it. As a matter of fact, here's the actual promise. The actual promise is John 16, 33. You can put this verse on your refrigerator. It says, I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. But listen, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. My Bible has an exclamation point there. But you're going to have to take heart. Because why can we take heart? Jesus says, I have overcome the world. That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. So if I'm not experiencing peace, it could be that I'm looking for it in the wrong place. So how do we come to, if there is God's peace available in him, I want it. And here's the definition of peace. In the Greek, if you look at peace, it means this, security. It means rest. It means prosperity. Listen to this. It means wholeness. It means health. All of that in peace. Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? If you never heard the story, there was a woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she bled. Bled. That meant that she was not ceremonial clean because of her blood. She could not be out in society. She could not, if you touched her, you became unclean. And Jesus was passing by, and the Bible says she broke through the crowd. How's that for expectations? You know, you know the Bible says in the Old Testament that he would come, Jesus would come, and he would have healing in his wings. Didn't mean that Jesus had an extra pair of wings on the back of, of him. It meant this. Wings in the Hebrew actually meant tassels on his robe he would have tassels and she knew and she said to herself listen how powerful this is if I would just touch the hem of his garment if I would just touch if I would just touch I would just touch she broke through the crowd and you know theologians believe that what she touched was actually one small tassel of Jesus's robe and immediately God did in one moment what none of the doctors could do for her in 12 years. But I want you to listen to this because it's important today. Jesus says, who touched me? And he looks at her and he says this, your faith has made you whole. Wholeness. You're not just healed, whole. And then he says this, this is what caught my attention. He told this woman, go in peace. There's nothing in the Bible that is insignificant. I'm going to tell you why I believe she had her condition for 12 years. She had a dis-ease. She had a dis-ease. This is what happens when you live outside of the peace of God. You can get into dis-ease. We would say it disease. Somehow in her life, she allowed anxiety. She allowed things to disrupt her peace. And God not only heals her, but this is what he did so many times in the Bible. At the end of the healing, he would give a revelation. He would reveal to people, hey, go in peace. In other words, don't let this happen again because if you will allow your peace to be stolen and lose your peace, you can end up with a dis-ease. 
That's why peace is so important. So many people are suffering physical ailments. You know why? Because they have dis-ease and they don't have peace. Come on, this is a good word this morning. Hallelujah. But how do you find this peace? I mean, how do we find it? So <laughs> I think some people think as a pastor, I just kind of sit around all week and drink eggnog and just kind of write thoughts, you know. But I want you to think about this. I've got to get up on Sunday and describe to people, and not only you, there's people actually listening online, people from Germany, and we did some stats. Can we just give them a great round of applause and welcome them? Hey, thanks for listening today. Don't send me a Christmas card. Okay, so. But I have to stand up today and try to describe peace to you. And this is the best way biblically that I could describe it. Yes, it means security, prosperity, wholeness, wellness. But if I could tell you three things that have so changed my life about peace, I would say this. Number one, peace is a presence. Peace is the presence of Jesus in your life. Jesus said this, in me you have peace. In me, in me, in me, in me. And then we know from Isaiah in the Christmas story, right? Peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six says, for unto us, me, unto Phil Valdez, a child was born unto us, unto John Esslinger, a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Condemner. I read that wrong. It doesn't say his name will be called condemner. What does it say? His name will be wonderful counselor, wimpy God. So you got to listen here. You can't just come in. I want to know. Mighty God, everlasting father. And here it is. Prince of peace. So my peace is found in the presence of God. It's in me. Now listen, peace is not some magical force. Because this is what people are looking for, peace. Now I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I find peace sitting at Starbucks drinking a latte. Those are the effects of peace, right? There's nothing like it. Coffee in the morning, peace. And all you decaf drinkers, that's not really coffee. <laughs> not going to find real peace there. But people are looking for a mystical force. Like, I need peace. Peace. I, I need, but listen, listen. Peace is not some mystical force outside us. Peace is the presence of God inside you. You have peace. If Jesus has come inside your heart today, you have peace because you have the presence of God. The presence of God is not chaotic. The presence of God is peaceful. It's orderly. Listen, peace is not a feeling. Oh, you feel it, but it's not a feeling. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And let me just preach since I'm preaching. You cannot have peace without him. Notice I said his name is Jesus Christ, not Jim Bean. 
Notice I said his name is Jesus Christ, not Jack Daniels. You know why? Because some people think, oh, I just I need some peace. You're not going to find it there. You're going to find it in Jesus Christ. My church family listened to this quote. The greatest evidence of the presence of God isn't around you. It's in you. It's in you. And as we look around to the earth for peace, you're not going to find it. But you know where I can find peace? In the presence of God. Let me tell you a little bit more about peace. I want to help you. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, trouble, pressure, tribulation. Listen, he said, in this world, you'll have trouble. So peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. See, because some people look around and say, there's so much trouble, I can't have peace. Actually, Jesus gave you his peace in a troubled world. So I can, listen, I can be in a troubled world and be peaceful. And be peaceful. 1 John 4, 4 says, Dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. The one that is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. I want to say it to you, get it. The one that is in you is greater than all the trouble in the world. He's in you. I don't understand it. I'm going to be honest with you. It's only faith. Can you imagine? I sometimes, do you ever think, well, if I was God, if I was God, I'm going to live inside this guy, Phil Valdez? How? But you know what? That's why he's Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to be with us and in you. My church family, listen, we're in the world and the world has trouble. Yet in us, we have peace that overcomes a troubling world. Peace. It's a presence. The presence of God. I like to say this, peace is really just resting in God. Resting is God. So number one, if I were to describe peace to you, I would just say it's his presence in your life. Rely on that presence. Here number two about peace. Peace is actually, and this is more about what it does. Peace is a guard to your life. You know, Philippians chapter four, verse five says this, be anxious for nothing, nothing. But in everything, prayer. Prayer is the antidote for anxiety. If I was Dr. Phil today, and I'm not a pastor, but if I were to write you a prescription for your anxiety today, I would write you prayer. I don't know what to do. I, I feel anxious. Pray. Pray and prayer is the antidote for anxiety. Be anxious for nothing. In Spanish, we say nada. See, it just like sounds sexy that way. Nada. Nada. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Listen to verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. Will guard. Peace guards your heart. And mind. This, this, listen, this is important. A person who doesn't live in peace, their heart and their mind can go unprotected. Let me, let me just give you an illustration. You know, 
in counseling a lot of people, and I've counseled a lot of single people, and, and uh, when a person doesn't have peace, they leave their mind unprotected. They leave their heart unprotected. And I can't tell you how many times that I've talked to people, especially single people, they just broke up with someone, and when you talk with them, they'll tell you, as we started to get to know each other, I didn't have peace. I didn't have peace about the relationship, but I went forward in this relationship even with the absence of peace. And you know what? They get broken hearted. Why? They didn't let peace guard their heart. Because here's what happens in moments. I live in peace. We should live in peace. It's when I sense the absence of peace that I say, mm-mm, That's right. no home, mm-hmm, nuh-uh. But see, because they sense the absence of peace, and I want you to hear this because maybe you're coming back to church for the very first time. If I said peace is the presence of God, when I say the absence of peace, here's the reality. God never leaves you. But what I'm saying is that in a decision, you sense that there's no peace in that decision. You better walk away. And you know what? They get heartbroken. Some of them get real jaded in their mind. And I tell you, it's because peace if you'll make decisions in peace, it'll actually protect your heart and protect your mind. How many of you think you need your mind? Anybody need their heart? So when I have no peace and I'm anxious, I'm restless, I have sleepless nights, you never make a decision. Listen, any major decisions with the absence of peace. You know, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 bears this out. It says this, and let the peace of God rule. You know, in the Greek, that word rule is umpire. Let the peace of God be your umpire in the decisions of your life. It says, let the peace of God rule and be an umpire in your hearts to which you were also called one body and to be thankful. So I'm following after peace because peace is going to guard my heart. It's going to guard my mind. And listen, what's going to happen is that if you do not follow peace, that leaves your heart and your mind open. So I need to, I need to allow peace to rule me. I need to allow peace to protect my heart and my mind. Listen to Isaiah chapter 26, verse three. It says this, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on you, set on you. Now listen, we read in Philippians chapter four, verse five, it says, it's the peace that passes all understanding. And I believe that means there's gonna be decisions in your life that you're gonna go, no, no, I I should do this. And there's no peace in it. And you're not gonna understand why, God, this doesn't make sense. This house looks beautiful. This is my dream. And there's no peace in that. And what the Bible says is you need to know there's going to be times that this peace is going to work in your life and you're not going to understand it. But know this, just because you don't understand it, what it's doing, it's trying to protect you. I've known people, I've known people that are going to buy a house. They went, got inside the house. Oh, looks great. This is our dream house. There was no peace. They moved on found out that the house was either going to be condemned or different. God, guys, God knows the future. And he wants you to live in peace. Let peace guard your heart and your mind. Here's number three. 
This is what I've learned about peace. Peace is not only a presence. Peace is not only a guard. Is this good this morning? Here's, here's number three. Peace actually has a position. Has a position. Peace stands on the word of God. Where do you get that from? Ephesians chapter six. If you read about the army, the armor of God, you and I are in a spiritual battle. And yet God gives us the armor of God. And read Ephesians chapter, it's fabulous. We're gonna do a series in the new year um, that I have called Armored. And we're gonna go through the armor of God. But you know what's a part of that armor? A part of that armor in Ephesians chapter six, verse five, it says, and let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So if we can think about armor for a moment, if you wanna think about a fight, anybody will tell you when you fight, your footing is so important. That's why athletes have special shoes. Before they go into the race, they want to make sure that their shoes are conducive for what they're about to do. That's why, you know, when you're in about to fight, where you stand and if you are stable makes a huge difference. So we need to make sure that our stance is a stance of peace. See, we need to understand, and here's the goal. Listen, I believe the enemy does not want you to hear this today, but here's his tactic. As you are fighting the good fight of faith, here's what he wants to do. He wants to knock you out of your position of peace. He wants to get your footing off by pressure, by trouble. You know, in John chapter 14, verse 27, it says this, peace I leave to you. Jesus is talking. He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Listen, but then he says this, don't let your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. I looked up that word trouble in the Greek. It means this. Listen to these words, to cause inward commotion. How many of us right now have inward commotion? It's inward commotion. It means this. Trouble means to take away his calmness of mind. Listen to this. To stir up, to make restless. Now the Bible is telling me that I, me, Phil Valdez, I cannot let my heart be troubled. Let me say it this way. That is a decision of my will in my stance of peace that I'm not going to let things, trouble, stir me up. I know people, they are so stirred up by the littlest little things. I know people that kids stir them up. Oh my God, get those kids away from me. <laughs> so all the devil has to do is put a kid in front of you and you totally lose your footing and lose your peace. Oh, God, help us. A kid, a child, a check is one day late in the... Inward commotion in my church family. God is not going to guard your heart for you. He will help you. But it's your decision to keep a stance of peace. And here's the goal of the enemy. He wants to knock you off your footing. Knock you off your footing. He wants to get you, listen, off balance, off your stability. I love the movie, The Karate Kid, the first one. Have you ever seen that movie? It's an amazing movie, amazing movie. 
And if you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? But in the movie, this young kid wants to learn karate because he's being bullied at school. And so what happens is he meets his sensei. He meets his coach. And his coach has this just unorthodox way of training him. He makes him paint the fence and sand the floor and all of these things. And he didn't even know that the whole time he was learning karate. But I love this. When I thought about the position of peace, I thought about Daniel's son. That's his name in the movie. And Mr. Miyagi says this, must learn balance. That kind of sounded like Yoda, I think. No, it wasn't Mr. Miyagi. Daniel's son must learn balance. And he gets him up on this boat. And what he does is he gets him on the boat. And he has to learn his stance while he fights. I bought this clip. And you can see it as I'm talking. He's on the boat. And what he's doing is that he's on the boat, perfect stance, fighting the good fight of faith in perfect peace. This, to me, is the epitome of a Christian fighting the good fight of faith in perfect peace. Perfect peace. I love that. Now, in the movie, he gets to that place. He starts off all wobbly. But he goes for the championship fight. And when he goes to the championship fight, the guy that's going to fight him, this is what he says. Let's get his legs. Let's get his legs. And he gets his leg hurt. And then the guy that he's about to fight, his coach says, look, I know his legs are not good. And he says this, sweep the leg. Sweep the legs. Because the enemy, if he can get you out of your position of peace, he knows he can get you into anxiety, trouble. My church family, I don't make decisions without peace. You ever go buy a car and they put the pressure on you? Like, you better buy it right now. You get it right now. You know, there's times where I've just said, let me think about this. Let me pray about this. And I'll walk out the door. You know what's funny? Three days later, they'll call me and say, hey, uh, we, we got the price you asked for. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> but you sly little snake, you tried to, with pressure, get me out of position of peace. Because when I'm out of a position of peace, I'll make decisions in my life that I regret. And my feet, I want to be shot in the gospel, the good news. And the Bible says, don't let your heart be troubled. That's your decision. That's your decision not to allow fear to rule your heart. And in this battle, I'm going to stay in a position of peace. And it's almost an oxymoron. You're fighting, but you're peaceful. That's exactly right. Because I need, to, I need my mind, I need my heart, and I need to be in peace. Phil, how can you stay in peace while you're fighting? Because the word says, and my stance is in the word, the word says that God is on my side. The Bible says that if I can stand in his word, who can stand against me? The Bible says that when I stand, listen, and you need to know something, here's how I can fight in peace. 
Because the battle is the Lord's anyway. And at the end of the book, we win. So you might as well throw some peaceful punches. Keep your stance of peace. Come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause this morning. I don't know what you're facing, but the battle is his. The battle is his. And today as we close, I hope this helped you this morning. Because I think that's the tactic of the enemy. He's going to try to get you out of peace. I didn't get that parking spot. So what? Chill out. Maybe God has another plan. Maybe he wants you to give that up for somebody else. That's a new Christian who's coming along and they're praying. God, give me that parking spot. Like you did when you were a Christian. And you knew, God, if you're real, you will get me that parking spot. And God gave it to you. But now, as a mature believer, God wants you to park a little bit further down so you can serve and love somebody else. But don't let all that get you out of a position of peace. God is working. But today as we close, I think peace is so important because peace is actually the determining factor in the three most important relationships in our lives. And I just want to go through these three before we pray. Here's the first one. Peace is so important, and this is what we need. Since peace is found in the presence of Jesus, you need peace with God. You need pe- Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, all of this that I'm talking about, you can have because God wants you to have peace with him. And can I just say for some of us who maybe are a little more along or further down in our Christianity, I still know people who are still battling on the inside. They still don't know if they're going to heaven. They don't. Why don't you settle that today that you can have peace with God? Listen, received this gift of a savior that has been given to us this Christmas. He came. And today you can stop wondering. See, because none of this else, none of, nothing else, none of this makes sense if you don't have peace with God. Because he is peace. Here's number two. And these actually all three work together. Because if you don't have peace with God, you will never have peace with yourself. You know, a lot of people have an internal war going on in themselves even right now. Stuff going on. Can't enjoy life. You don't like yourself. Now listen. If you don't know God loves you, you'll never love yourself, and then you'll never love others. So it all works together. And so people haven't learned how to accept that God loves them, that God wants to be a part of their life, and they have difficulty accepting that. Well, Pastor Phil just made too many mistakes. Listen, that's why Jesus died. That's what grace is for. You know, the Bible says I'm supposed to love my neighbor as I love myself. So if I'm unable, I can't love you because I can't love me. But once you realize that God wants a relationship with you, he loves you, you can have peace with yourself. Can I just give you a couple of pointers on how to stay in peace with self at the end of the year? Don't make a, a list of all your wrongs that you did this year. Some of us are more fault-focused than we are future-focused. And as long as you keep focusing on your faults, you won't have peace with yourself. 
this year I will come and do a little evaluation of my life and there's some things I need to change, but I don't stay there a lot because you can get really down. You can get, listen, focus on what God has done in your life. Come on, has he done anything good in your life this year? Come on, you're still here. Come on, he's given us a new year. Yeah, come on, let's give it to him. Just another little tip. So many times we lose our peace because we're comparing ourselves with other people. Oh, well, look. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, not everything is about your body and how your body looks. My wife and I were talking about my body, and I just said, we're just going to have to accept I'm a pear. That's what I am. I am a pear. I'm a fruit. I'm a pear. Some people are bananas. Hey, right. I'm just, I'm going to work. Maybe I'll get there. But listen, I'm not going to sit here every day and beat myself against the wall because I am a big bone dude. Can't help it. God made me that way. And if you don't like it, take it to Jesus and don't look at me. I will send you a Christmas card of me, though. And I'm going to tell you I was thinking about you. Oh, I wish I had longer eyelashes. Come on. Just curl the ones you got. Come on, somebody. Work with what you got. That way you can say hi to people. Hello. Do a little special effects. You know, you can live your whole life thinking that you're lacking and you are not lacking. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, don't let those things steal you. I just wish I was taller. You know what? Hang out with shorter people. Come on, if you give in the offering, better you get better jokes. Come on, somebody. I hear it all. I wish my hair was curly. Go get a perm. God loves you just the way you are. Let him change you. Come on, somebody. Here's number three. See, because if you don't have peace with yourself, you'll never have peace with others. Because I can't give what I don't have. And if I don't have peace with God, I'm not going to have peace with myself. And I can't have peace with others. And you know what Jesus said? You're going to miss out on a blessing because Jesus said this. Blessed are the peacemakers. I want to be a peacemaker. And here's the greatest thing. When Jesus comes in your life, he gives you peace. And he enables us to be a peacemaker. I am empowered to be a peacemaker in a troubled world. My church family, as I end, can you give the Lord, and let's give him the greatest round of applause for the gift of his peace today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 